Hey, welcome to Consider This. This is our first podcast of 2024. If I'm counting correctly, I believe it's episode 179. So we're closing in on 200. 200. It's incredible. Uh, so thank you guys for listening, for tuning in. We hope that our conversations are thought-provoking, uh, provide some inspiration and inform. Uh, today we're talking about change. Enjoy. Okay, I failed to mention in the intro, I'm here in the studio with Scott Irwin and Justin Ebert. And it is Wednesday the 10th, I believe, of January, is it not? 2024, did I get it right? Okay. So we're here to talk about something Scott talked about at the men's breakfast. Men, if you don't join us for breakfast the first Saturday of the month, you should come. If you consider donuts breakfast. Well... Men's coffee, based on which we will be talking about today. Based on what I'm looking at on this table, (laughs) the green goo that's coming out of your water bottle, I know I can observe two things. Number one, you don't see donuts as breakfast, and number two, you started something. I'm just gonna. This is a guess. You started something new in January. Nope. Oh no, no, no we've been doing this for a that while. Green goo coming out of water bottles usually says it's January. It's a green smoothie. Oh. It's full Smoothie, of really gooey, great, it, healthy it, things. What, potato, potato. what fruit or meat is green? Uh, no fruit. Well, but uh, apples. Oh, that's true. Green apples. Kiwi. Uh, kiwi. Grapes. Um, oh, depends on if you consider avocado a fruit. I don't know. I feel is very it? torn on that. Yeah, it's it's technically in between. Is, it, is it a fruit or a vegetable? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you classify. It. I don't know. I'm sure somebody out there knows. Email us. Let yes. us know. Let us know. So we're we're talking about. Uh, change specifically New Year's resolutions, right? That's that's kind of what brought this up. People like to resolve in the new year. Take that as an opportunity for new beginnings. I'm not one of those guys, but we can talk about that later. This is not about me. Uh, but I do have a question for you guys: an icebreaker, an opener, and it is: what's the most unrealistic New Year's resolution that you have? Assuming you both do that, that you've ever made. Mm. Hold oh on, boy. I need to go through my notes and just every year, just read off the list. <laughs> that one and that one and yeah. that one. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sure, I, well, I can go back most recently, probably two or three years ago, I had just read the book, um, The Common Rule. Yes. I don't know if you guys have read that. Yes. He talks about eight habits. I've like tried to get, I haven't gotten all the way through Daily that. habits and weekly habits. Well, one of the daily habits was pray on your knees three times a day. And so I set an alarm in my phone to do that pray three times a day and it didn't happen (laughs) surprisingly Um, I think I I think throughout the year I probably averaged maybe once a week once a day to to five or six times a week on your knees on my knees Oh, okay you know Um, the challenge was to get up out of bed do it first thing and to do it before you go to bed and do it once in the middle of the day the middle of the day one was like two, three weeks in, I'm like, I, I can't keep this habit. So we'll, we'll stick with the evening and the morning. And, and it was mostly because of his knee health, everyone. Right, true. <laughs> We've got bad knees. So, old. so we're going to circle back to the why, why is it hard and health, both of those things. Oh, we're going yeah. to talk about yes. both of those things, oh, right? Good, good. Justin, is there anything that comes to mind for you? Well, other than my yearly, uh, here's what I'm going to weigh at the end of the year that has yet to actually happen. <laughs> um you know, that's that's proverbial. You know, I, I made a commitment to conquer all of the Western world, uh, oh. but that didn't happen. I don't okay. know why what that you, didn't what work. Might have been a little that? unrealistic. That was in 2010. Oh, 2010. I don't know if you heard mm, about the movement. Sense. I started Mm-mm. it ended in no. my living room. So okay. that didn't happen. Mm. Also, yeah, the proverbial Justin's going to lose weight this year. I am very good at losing weight. 
And I'm then, also very good at gaining <laughs> weight. So I've got a lot of gifts, and yes. it's in, it does work <laughs> I love it. Well, um, a statistics show or surveys would suggest, or somehow we know this, that health is uh, a main theme for top New Year's resolutions. And I found this interesting because I have for, I, I do use this thing called the Monk Manual, which is a mm. daily planner yeah. modeled after what monks do. And part of it is a habit you're trying to develop mm-hmm. and kind of a theme that mm-hmm. you're thinking about, reflecting mm-hmm. on. And I've had healthy choices on that habit list for probably six to nine months. And it's ranged from drink more water, you know, to exercise regularly. But a lot of it is about diet. And it's not strictly a health, it's just health in general, right? Make healthy choices, relationally, physically, spiritually, all that. But I've really been focusing on the physical. Um, so it wasn't a New Year's resolution, but it's been, a, it's been something I've, I've come back to and really, really, yeah. really tried to focus on. So I'm fascinated to kind of talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how would you define health? I guess that's a place to start is when we say uh, make healthy choices or we want to be healthy, like what, as believers, yeah. how would we prioritize that, define that, how do we think about it? Well, I'll say this, and you can think about your answer. I, the, I looked up the top resolutions of 2024, you know, going into the year, and it's like physical health, mm-hmm. I think, um, was like the top one, 48%. And then, then it was a really close you know, third, second, third, and fourth was financial health, mental health, and then diet and weight loss, kind of in that order, real close to each other. You know, I bet, I bet 15 years ago, mental health wasn't even on the no, radar, no. maybe even 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. so it's so definitely, yeah. yeah, it's definitely made made a huge impact. So I just think, I just think that's interesting. That's, that's what people are recognizing they want. And so it is a, it is a good question. Like how, how would we define that word health? I think of coming on staff here maybe 2017 or 2018 share and share like these five the five big categories mm-hmm. you know, mental emotional spiritual physical maybe financial relational relational mm-hmm. you could throw maybe financial in there as a sure. sixth yeah um and all of those are intrinsically related i've found that as i struggle at times with a particular area mm. it's probably because there's others that are faltering you know i, I remember like one of my favorite gym first of the year sermons was he had the go gather grow tied to a chain. Yep. Yeah. And as you yeah. move one, others move as well, both in the positive and the negative. So, well, and there, and one it's constrained. If yeah. the others aren't moving, you can right. only go so far. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's true of a lot of things. So if you think about this mm-hmm. as an individual, if I'm not sleeping at all, it's going to be hard for a lot of these other areas to be solid. You know, yeah. it's going to be hard for me to be emotionally and mentally very healthy because I'm physically not sleeping. And that may affect my spiritual because I'm so tired. I can't read a, a verse because I'm falling asleep. You mm. know, so that's one of the things I found in my life. When I'm doing best in the health category, it's because of all of those areas are are being tended to. Yeah. You know, if I particularly am feeling it, you know, if I if I feel like a seasonal depression, it's probably not because one thing happened. Mm. It's because there was a series of events. You know, or choices that I've made that yep. have led to this. Yep. You know, and, and it can have things to do with like how much sunlight I'm getting, but yeah. Yeah. that's probably not the only factor. Right. And right. so I, that's one of the things I've noticed. The health is holistic, not just how many push-ups can I do, yeah. how much weight have I lost, what am I eating. There's a lot yeah. of other factors health-wise for me. Yeah. Well, there seems to be a natural human desire 
Right, to be like we would choose to be healthy versus unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And yet we seem to make choices as a species to engage in unhealthy behavior that mm-hmm. has uh, unhealthy outcomes, bad mm-hmm. outcomes. But I like to think of it in terms of human flourishing. Like that's yeah. kind of a, yeah. a category that could encompass every yeah. bit of that. And we all long for a life, for a flourishing. We want our family to flourish. We want to yeah. flourish. And I think that, that concept, that idea, probably does a pretty good job of scooping all of those things up and integrating yeah. them into a, into a whole. I looked up a definition. Uh, and so Google, you know, defines it as like well-being in body, mind, and spirit, I guess, is kind of how they, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think originally the definition of health was like the absence of disease, and so we've changed to now it's like, no, it's not just the absence of bad things. It's it's the existence of well-being things, good things. So I think that's a that's a good baseline. But then I think as Christians, there's it's like, well, what is well-being? What is what is, you know, what is yeah, what is a good well-being in my spirit and in my mind and in my body? And I think I think it has to be tied to bigger things that we believe about who God is and what he's done and who we are in him, you know. Well, it brings to mind Jesus saying a tree is known by its fruit, right? A good tree bears good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. And I would think fruit would be evidence of health. So a healthy tree will bear fruit fruit. that you can see and it benefits those who partake of the fruit, right? So I'm I'm preparing to preside over a wedding uh, Sunday. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is the role of a strong marriage in the community Mm. and its ability to encourage others to provide uh, uh, a safe place to just just the presence of a strong marriage relationship has a, a really uh, beneficial effect on the community around it. Uh, so health is important in so many ways. And yeah, so clearly Jesus wants to have life and life more abundantly, I think. Uh, that you know, that's a Christian idea that would be related to what we're talking about here. Yeah, uh, you know, he'll give us a water that'll spring up into life, and mm-hmm. uh, all of those things, and give us the Spirit. So there is a a strong Christian basis for uh, believing that God wants us to have abundant life and to be full of life and to flourish, uh, which isn't even isn't really dependent on our circumstances, right? It's somewhat independent of that. Yeah. I have a Bible nerd thing I'd like to say. Please yes. do. Do I have your permission to nerd out for just a minute? Please. Please interrupt me when it's time for that to stop. For all you non-Bible nerds, we're okay. we apologize for what's about so, to happen. Here we go. I, as you guys were talking, I hadn't thought about this till now, but um, you're, you're, you're saying wellness and well-being, mm-hmm. and you're trying to kind of say, like, there's there's a bigger aspect than the, this one narrow view of health. Yeah. So the Bible uses this phrase, perfect. Okay, to be perfect. What does it mean to be perfect? We think of that as what? Flaw, uh, yeah, not making Without mistakes, not no making mistakes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, the word that actually better understands it is completeness and wholeness. Mm-hmm. So to be perfect is to be completed, to be whole, to yeah. have integrity. Yeah. And I would so imagine be, shalom to, is is probably be, a related yeah. idea, yeah. right? To, and so, like, yeah. you think of it like a bridge that's finished and has integrity for people to yeah. use it to yeah. that's strong. Mm-hmm. And so. That if we have that understanding, then we take a, big, a step out into the big picture of the Bible. What happened in Genesis 3 was a fracturing. 
So you have a fractured, you have fractured relationships, fractured relationship between people, between people and other created things. You have fractured relationship with God, so spiritual fracturing. And then eventually that's going to lead to physical ramifications, physical fracturing. So pain in childbirth, pain working the ground, um, physical death. So you have all this division and brokenness, and if we're going to use modern terms, not well-being. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was this promise that because of sin and our own selfishness, there, there's going to be unhealth in every way. Yeah. And so actually the will of God, tying into New Testament stuff, the mystery of the will of God has been revealed at the right time through Jesus. This is Ephesians 1, 9, and 10, mm-hmm. to bring all things in heaven and earth into unity into wholeness, into completion, into perfection. So if that's the overarching will of God, that's what was messed up in Genesis 3, that's what we're working toward in Revelation 21 22, then the way we pursue well-being, the way we pursue health, the way we pursue wholeness and perfection and completeness has to do with that. And so the reuniting of the spiritual and the physical mm-hmm. is part of that process. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think to be truly whole is a godly ordeal, mm-hmm. you know, that is worth pursuing. So in that yeah. sense, it, this isn't just a resolutions because I, I want to look better at the beach. It's yeah. a, a hopefully we can transform it, redeem it into a pursuit of living in light of the will of God. I think that's yeah. that's way more motivating to me. Yeah, and I think you know the, we we would we would agree that the the spirit is at work in us making us holy sanctifying us you know there's a progressive nature to what he's doing and so the the idea of health should be not something we look inside and try to define mm-hmm. it's it's something we should look to the lord and say okay back to your five categories you know lord what does it mean to be spiritually healthy what is it to have a right relationship with you what does it mean to be physically healthy and with the body you've given how do I be a good steward of that body what does it mean to be mentally healthy and 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 emotionally healthy and relationally healthy and I mean the Bible speaks to those things Mm -hmm. quite a bit and so it really it really should be something we are pursuing based on what he has defined and described and not based on what we look around and go I think I like that and I'll take a little bit of that and I'll look inside and I'll figure this out so Well, it would be very easy to be worldly about the idea of health, right? So we always want to fix our eyes on Jesus and let that be the context within which we pursue these things. For sure. Physical training has some value, but spiritual training has value in every way. Right. So there's even categories. You know what I mean? So it's like you can have somebody who physically is real messed up, you know, in in whatever way, because of their choices or because of just something that happened to them and still be a whole person in some way, you know. Oh, and maybe not a whole in like perfect because that's what we're going to experience only in eternity, mm-hmm. right? But they can be in some ways, you know, more mature or more healthy than some my, of us who have a physically healthy. Yeah, well, I see the opposite. People that are physically like, wow, what a specimen yes. and just messed up. Yes. My, you know? my experience with, with physical health specifically is when I've chased physical health detached from a spiritual connection or reason or health, you know, it, it's pursuing vanity. For mm-hmm. me, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 about what I want to look like or feel like. It's not about okay, God, help me to be a good steward of this body so I can do the things you've called me to do and be strong for as long as I can, be sharp where I need to be. You know, I mean, be present to my family and the people I need to be. And you know, so there can be like this motivation deep inside that has to be spiritually connected as a Christian to those 
categories of health that I think is really important. Well, that, that helps you bring the right attitude to what you do in pursuit of it. So I was thinking exactly about that uh, working out, you know, being physically healthy. Uh, because I, I work out, you know, fairly regularly. I've resolved to, to do it. And I've really thought about why. It's because, you know, I'm in my mid-60s. And I want to stay vigorous for service to yeah. the kingdom as long as possible. Yeah. That's my motivation. Yeah. Uh, not I want to have big, you know, biceps. I mean, <laughs> I'm probably past the point of ever being able to do that now. But uh, it's just to be vigorous for service. Yeah. And that really is motivating for me. Which, super motivating. Which is helpful, what I've noticed, is when, I'm, when that connection is there for me with you know God's purposes for that then it's like if I miss a week yeah. it's whatever yeah, exactly. if I miss this it's fine it's, it's not about it's about like yeah no this is a commitment I'm making it's not about oh, I have to you know and so I I know people that can be become it's a there's a momentum there when mm-hmm. you start to do that you start to get obsessed and it's easy to do because you see results and you're encouraged and you're yeah. thankful and all these things but yeah it's, that's a challenging one so why is it so hard to to make healthy? I mean, I assume you guys would agree it can be hard to make those choices. Uh, we want to want to make those choices, you know. Like I want to have the desire to do it, but so many times uh, I don't make those choices. What do you think? I'll give my Justin's experiences versus the uh, professional opinions of Scott Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> so anecdotes versus. <laughs> Decades uh-huh. of research. Yeah. Ooh, yeah decades. Yeah. Um, for me, I know what I want to do, and yet I do not. <laughs> Wait, who somebody, somebody said, said that? that. Huh. Well, and I just, it's like true. It's true of like sin, but it's also true of eating potato chips. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do the like, thing I don't want to do. Yeah. Like, so. Insight into the life of Justin. (laughs) So this is a pattern. Here's a pattern. Scott's very aware of this. You get insights into the life of Justin, whether you ask for them or not, whether you want them or (laughs) not. He's just going to give them to you. So here's another one. He's an open book. Um, I do well when I don't eat after dinner, but I really like eating food around 930 and usually the food I'm eating around 9:30 is not good. It's <laughs> not like I'm going in carbs to, and sugar. It's not like I'm going in for a bag of I don't know squash and zucchini. <laughs> yeah, Daddy wants some some salty, crunchy, fatty sweetness. You know, <laughs> that's what that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and uh, I mentally know how to get to where I want to be. I, I mentally know, and I think at some level, like I have a genuine desire to do some of these things. And yet, I make the choice. I allowed myself to give in to this other thing that I want more at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I think a lot of it just has to do with <laughs> willpower. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's really not a mental thing. I know up here, and I think there is some le- true genuine want, but mm. at some point you give in to what you want most in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's so many ways to answer that question, but um, you know, the the thing I was tra- on Saturday <clears throat> when I talked to. The men I was trying to get at that it's it's there. There's multiple factors pl- at play, and you know, back to those five categories. Those those things can play into it. You know how things were modeled to you growing up. You know your your ability to be disciplined. I mean, all that stuff is is a lot of it is caught and taught, and some a lot of it is just learned. And you got to put the work in. And uh, Steve, you said even on Saturday in our little table group that you've had people say they want to play the guitar like you and you're like yeah i think what they mean is they like the idea 
of playing the guitar. If they could wake up tomorrow and play like you play, who wouldn't want to do that? Absolutely, would be great. <laughs> but you put in five to ten years worth of work and have and have continued that habit, and it's instinctual and it's habitual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you don't even think about it. And but it's that ten thousand hours rule thing. Like you put the work in, and and so I think what people have to be honest with is. Do do they like the idea of it, or do they have the conviction and the and the motivation to do the work that's required to do it? And there's a lot of things that hinder that, you know. Yeah. But you I have think to that's love the work. Part. You got to. I think, like specifically with guitar, you got to like having a thing in your hands. Yeah. And you know, developing the calluses and doing the tedious stuff and training your brain. And I, I think that's a good analogy for almost anything that's development of a skill or a habit like that. You know, wanting the the end result is motivating, but really knowing how to embrace and love the process mm-hmm. is a real key to that. Like I, I think you guys know, Patty and I did a whole thirty diet yeah. in September, and there's a lot of stuff you say no to, and I was really proud of my wife Patty for wanting to do this. Um, and so it's just you're eating whole, you know, fresh vegetables and meat mostly, <laughs> and almost no to everything else. So we did that for a month and. Because we were doing it together, we were very disciplined about it. It was super encouraging to do it with her. I probably couldn't have done it on my own. The question is, though, coming out of it, now what do you do? Because uh, you don't want to just like, okay, step, you know, boom, step function. We're right back to where we're doing what we were doing before. And what I found is there are certain things that have, uh, for me, I've been able to maintain. Not drinking soft drinks is one of them. Although, I had, you know, I went through and bought some Arby's yesterday for lunch because I didn't have time and I didn't, I, I got a Pepsi or whatever, a Coke. So not being militant about it, right? But that's probably one of two I've had in the last four months. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the desire to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to eat a bowl of cereal every night and I don't do that anymore. That habit just kind of went away. Uh, and it's not that I decided, by golly, I'm not going to eat a bowl of cereal. It's just my desires have kind of changed and my habits kind of changed through that. So not everything stuck, but some things did. And, you know, it's it's a net gain, I think, from a dietary perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm doing better. I'm, eating, I'm taking less refined sugar mm-hmm. in and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was good. Um, we never had, we were never under the illusion that we're going to do this the rest of our lives. It's too hard. Shopping yeah. and yeah. and all of that. But, yeah, it did have an effect. One thing Scott said on Saturday that was really impactful is, so I wanted you to dive into this. <clears throat> mm. People with my personality, and I'm sure others, they can get really motivated motivated by something they see or experience and have a lot of energy put into something for a short time. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you gave the example, if I read a book and I thought life was different, yep. you know, or January 1st is here, so life is going to be different, yep. or whatever your activating event is. Mm-hmm. But you, you talk about the process. So walk us through that mentality of, like, the moment versus the process. You're referring to the gardening thing, well, yeah, or, or so you said. The, you know, change, real ABC. change is like a process. Is yes. what you said. Yeah, the process yeah. has evolved. Yeah. Not flipping a switch. You're yeah. Going yeah. Yeah. I I did think that that the more excited I was about learning something new meant I was changed, and and I think what I realized is that's a that's a, like a an ignition. It's like a spark, but it's not. A change it's just evidence of you learn something new and you're excited and that probably connected to some very real principles and very real things for you but you know the the, the analogy that keeps coming to mind for me is this gardening analogy versus a light bulb analogy and that light bulb is new idea I'm changed versus gardening requires a process of going okay this is the 
being aware of the garden um, that I am to am responsible for, and all the things that contribute to the mess and the overgrown thing that I'm going to have to clean up and get in order, and um, and that's a real challenge because there's things that have happened to us, there's things we've experienced, there's things choices we've made, habits we have that all contribute to this tangled mess that we're going to have to start doing some work on and at least be aware of like okay that impacts my life and i need to be aware of that so there's an awareness phase there's a there's a you know embracing and and accepting the responsibility okay this is this is mine no one else can do this for me but me um and so i've got to accept this role and and accept what i need to do I've got to be be willing to um, resist things that hint that continue to hinder this. So if like there's, it's like if I'm in a boat that keeps taking on water, I can just keep scooping the water out. But you know I probably need to plug the holes mm-hmm. and then scoop the water out. Yeah, so like there's good. there's a if the, if it go back to the garden thing. If there's access for rodents and there's constant bugs and you're not spraying for or resisting those things then you can plant all the good seeds you want and it's like okay you're gonna you're working against yourself you're not so there's there's some resistance things that have to take place um and then doing the work and i think doing the work the thing i didn't talk about on saturday was we need tools to do the work and i think anytime this is this has been really insightful for me in this role i'm in anytime we say we want to do something good for us and we can't or we want to stop doing something bad for us and we can't it just means it's more complicated than we thought, and it's going to require tool. It's, we're going to need outside insight and resources, tools. I, I need to learn a new language. I need to understand what's going on. I need to have some habits that I develop, you know. And so we need these tools to do the work. And but the the work has to be done, and and it's everything from pulling all the bad stuff to getting things in order and planning new stuff, and then. Know, keeping bugs bugs out and I mean it's there's work and at some point like Steve's guitar skills it's Steve put a lot of work there was a lot of initial energy mm-hmm. and then at some yeah, point it, it's become it's just become nat- nature for you I like Second to say nature. I'm I'm skating on all the work I did for the last 30 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I think when it comes to like healthy habits and getting your life in order that can be a reality for a lot of yeah. that is a reality for a lot of people you know, they just have put in the work, and yeah. these habits are na- second nature. This, the work they do is daily work is second nature. You see, you see, like there's this wave of young men who not healthy, not whole, immature, more mm. immature than their age should reflect. So, mm. a 25 year old who's functioning like a 17 year old mentally or emotionally or relationally, and one of the first things you start asking is like, do you make your bed every morning? Mm. Is your room clean? Yeah. Are you washing dick and showers? You know, yeah. it's like starting in a rudimentary way and going from there. Yeah. Because sometimes it's some it's some of those things. It's like you're, you're starting your day in a way that reflects, yeah. you know, a lifestyle. Yeah, you your, know? <laughs> your personal habits, like the things that you are responsible for, are those things in order? Your car, your room, your, mm-hmm. your grades, your whatever, like. Are you taking care of the things that you, the little, the few things that you have mm-hmm. that you are responsible for? Because a day's coming when maybe you have a wife and you have kids and you have a career and you, 
the, the responsibilities keep piling. And so if you're not able to handle the few now, it's going to get real messy. Yeah, think, think of the illustration that Jesus uses of these stewards. So somebody's given 10 things, somebody's given five things, somebody's given three things for one thing, and mm-hmm. what do you do with that? Yeah. You know, so if you're somebody who wants to have 10 things, okay, you want to have a lot of fruit or you want to have a lot of influence or you want to have a lot of responsibility, guess what you need to do? You need to be somebody who can be faithful with a little, and then you'll be, then we know you can be faithful with a lot. So show me that you can be faithful, that you can be responsible for the little stuff that you have control over. And then guess what? People are going to see that, and you're going to have more opportunity. And so if you think of that in terms of your own daily life, it should be another motivating factor for I've got to get my house in order. Uh, Mm. Paul says, you don't get to lead a church unless you're able to leave your own house. I think there's a reason. Like your yeah. house is a smaller place with less people. If you can't manage <laughs> yeah. that, you can't manage a bigger place with more people. Yeah, it's just pretty basic. But it's, yeah. we can so easily forget that when you know push comes to shove and the moment happens and we yeah, don't make that, the right choice. That parable of the talents is a really good example because one was given five and think the other one was given two or three, and then there's one that was given one, right? Mm-hmm. And the one that was given one. He didn't take. He didn't say, "Okay, I'm going to make the most of what I've been given." He said, "I'm going to." Be, he kind of blamed because you're a hard landowner and you reap where you do not sow. I'm going to just bury it and just give it back to you. I didn't do anything with it. I just buried it. And the landowner had very strong words <laughs> for him. It's like, "Take his and give it to the guy with five that made ten, and kick him out." You know, and and I just think that's. A pretty fascinating because I you know what what I wanted to do on Saturday because this is a theme for my life right now is to 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 own the choices that we're making even if we're making some we don't we aren't quite aware we're making but it's having an impact on our life we got to be curious about like okay why why do I keep reacting that way to these things why do I why do I keep choosing these things that are bad for me over these things that are good for me and and you know I think the things I have been reading in this new role is like shame plays a significant part of the of the process to staying unhealthy. If we if we keep going, oh, I can't do this. I'll never do this. I'm such a this, and we start attacking our identity. We start saying things to us that we wouldn't let anyone else say to us. Um, it, we're just going to stay stuck in a cycle. But if we can be curious, okay, what's going on? Why do I keep doing this? And I, how, who can I talk to to help me? figure this out. Um, it's amazing that curiosity can kind of lift us up to go, oh, wow, there's some significant holes in, in my boat. And I need to start plugging those things. I need help plugging those things. Um, but yeah, getting back to the garden thing. And then the, la- the last one is that in enjoying the, the work, the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't enjoy, if you don't understand the process and enjoy the process, it's just going to be a burden. And so, so I'm, I'm hearing a number of things, I guess, that could kind of summarize. It requires diligence and discipline. Mm. You have to understand your motivation and, and, and be standing on the right foundation motivationally. And then it takes faithfulness over time. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, is there, uh, to be more specific, last question, we may have already answered this, but why is it so hard to stop or break those bad habits mm. and so hard to develop the new ones? And maybe, maybe this discussion we just had Mm. Answers no, I think, that. I think it's different. I think it's different. Yeah. Well, or at least there's other, another way to understand it. So, yeah. <clears throat> one of the ways that, you know, as you study like sexual brokenness 
and what's going on within us when we're in a pattern of sexual brokenness. So imagine you're standing in a field with tall grass and you see this path where the cows walk or the deer Mm -hmm. walk. You you can tell that's where they walk because there's no grass there and it's muddy there. Mm -hmm. That's obviously a path where something or someone is walking. It's Mm -hmm. obvious. When when we get into patterns sexually, there are chemicals that are being released in our brain and we start really liking that and getting used to that and our body creates one of those pathways Mm, yeah there's like a literally a neurological pathway that's being created in your brain triggered by whatever events Mm -hmm. and you give into it and you're just you're making the path more obvious bigger more set in stone Mm -hmm. and so that can be in the positive or the negative so Mm -hmm. that's one of those like being curious if you figure that out with the book wired for intimacy, you know, I, I read a long time ago and have read a lot with guys uh, who are struggling with, with sexual sin, that that's a huge revelation, but that's not just with sexual sin. That's with so many things. Mm-hmm. Any bad um, habit. Right? Yes. There are so, it's so easy to get into a destructive habit. It's mm-hmm. so easy to just go home, turn on the TV and you wake up and you've watched seven hours of TV. It's mm-hmm. that's really easy to do. It's so easy for you to get a notification that your screen time went up 10% and you spent five hours a day on your phone last week. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to eat that food, to drive through Arby's. It's just easier mm-hmm. to make hard, to make bad choices. Bad choices. It is yeah. easier. Yep. So it, it actually takes a lot of work yeah. to do the right thing. Yeah, it's it not really convenient does. all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not convenient. Yeah, we have unconditioned responses, or we have conditioned responses that maybe we've learned from early childhood like in my in this new role like i'm learning there are things like henderson drew henderson came to me yesterday or yeah yesterday because he he read a book um about connection and about the the power of attachment this attachment theory which is which is a phenomenal idea and it's i think it's really true that 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 god has created us to be attached to him and attached to his people and mm-hmm. someone and sure, yeah. and so if someone grows up in a home that doesn't have that kind of safe attachment, it can play a real role in their psyche and in their responses and, and un, unprocessed emotions. And, and, you know, it, you know, when, when an unprocessed emotion, when, a pro, when an emotion does go processed, it, it can kind of come out in other ways and destructive ways. And, and so it's, it's just, it's fascinating. There's a lot, this is why being curious about like, okay, what's going on here? And this might be outside of my ability to figure this out. So I might need to get some books or read or talk to somebody or, you know, whatever. Um, there, there's, there's a lot there, but you're right. Those, those, those pathways that we create, if we don't, if we aren't paying attention to, why is it when I feel this way, I do this, but that's the beginning, you know, being aware of that, being curious about that. Mm-hmm being willing to admit your own choice to that, like own your, your, your response is your responsibility, own that and, and then learn to do what you, what you can do. Well, appreciate the discussion guys. I think we're going to bring it to a close at this point, but just those of you listening, we want to offer ourselves (laughs) to you. If you're struggling with any of this, uh, man, seek out a pastor on staff, uh, we love you guys. We love uh, one-on-one time, and that's where real ministry happens. 
Uh, we'd love to pray for you and encourage you uh, in any way that we can. We really do pray that our uh, congregation, that we collectively move, continue to move in the direction of human flourishing together as a community in 2024. Uh, so hope you found it helpful, encouraging, thought-provoking, all those things. And uh, until next time, until episode 180, God bless. Mm-hmm.